Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Like, obviously, I'd spoken to different cast members and stuff when the season was first airing, being like, what do I expect? And like, help me and whatever. And a lot of them told me, like, you better be prepared for an influx of penises in your DMs. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, uh. but I think because like a lot of dudes have obviously watched our story and our entire storyline is based off the fact that we're with women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just, like, refrain from that. That's so. never stopped them before. <laughs> I don't know. I'm ducking out, you're ducking out. Let's duck out together. See what it's all about. Ducking out, ducking out, ducking out, ducking out. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that strives to be as chaotic as 2020. I'm Carolyn Bergier. I'm Melody Kamali. And today we are diking out with photographer Erica Owens about keeping it real. Some of you may know Erica from her recent appearance on TLC's 90 Day Fiance. Before the 90 Days, she was such a joy to talk to, and we will get into that interview in just a little bit. First, some standard announcements. Please rate and review us five stars on Apple Podcasts. That's very important and it helps people find the podcast, including the straights. We need straight people listening to this podcast as well so they can feel shame for their lifestyle choices. Just kidding. No, so that uh, they can learn more about what goes on in in our lives and what it's like to be a, a queer woman or person uh, because there's just not enough education out there and we're funny. And we're funny. And that was a joke. That was a yes. sarcastic joke. Please do not email us about how we are <laughs> hateful towards the straights. We Anti-straight. have gotten straight <laughs> a couple emails about a lot that. Of, yeah, people defending defending the straights out there, and it's like, hey, you know, <laughs> I I came out of one, right? You know? I how much can some of can my best friends them? are straight? I <laughs> we yeah. got an email saying we weren't being good allies to straight people. Straight people, they need allies. That's They're the going joke. through a lot. <laughs> uh, also, you can support us in other ways, monetarily, I'm talking about, Cha-ching. on Patreon. Uh, go to patreon.com slash out. We have extra content there for you, uh, extra content with our guests, specialty episodes we uh, also have like enamel pins temporary tattoos and things you can get depending on what level of a patron you want to be this is where the majority of our income comes from for the podcast our patrons literally keep the podcast running that's how we can afford doing this um You know, some of you have heard our ads for sponsors on the podcast. We actually haven't seen a single cent from that yet. And we knew that it took a while. There's nothing shady going on. It just takes a long time from that first ad to getting paid. That's what makes 
Patreon and the support of our listeners so, so important because without that, we really can't keep this podcast going. It, it takes a lot of work. So uh, if you enjoy diking out and you want it to continue into the future, please consider giving what you can. If you can't give on a monthly basis, if you go to our show notes, we have links for uh, a PayPal and you can leave us a tip there. It helps because we haven't been able to do our Stonewall shows and uh, live events and doing live comedy, which is the way that Melody and I uh, usually make additional monies, uh, but we were able to have our first live show, just not in person, over Zoom this past week, and it was our Priding Out show, and what do you say, Melanie? What do you think? I had so much fun, and I want to do it again. Yes, yes, we definitely want to do it again. We raised $910 for the Okra Project, uh, thanks to all the ticket proceeds, and thanks to our sponsor, Maker's Mark. Maker's Mark gave us uh, some money so that we could pay the performers, so that we can make all the ticket proceeds go to the Okra Project, which does great work for black trans communities. So uh, we were thrilled about that, but also thrilled about how fun it was. Uh, uh, you know, we talked about our hesitation of doing Zoom shows and that it wouldn't have the same energy with the audience and it'd be weird and be awkward. And I don't think it was any of those things. I think it was great. The chat was going the whole time. Uh, you all are hilarious. You're so funny. We had so much fun reading your comments while performing. Right. The performers brought it. We had uh, DJ Shaw Savage, who definitely brought like the energy and the party vibe. Set the cool tone. It was just cool from the start. Right? She's so cool. I adore her. And then we had past guests and comedians, uh, Jess Henderson, who gave us an exclusive tour of all of her plants and was taking requests from listeners on what to talk about. Uh, We had Rita Brent, uh, who has just returned to New York after leaving during the quarantine. So it was great to see her. We had Jake Knoll uh, zooming in from Chicago, so funny as always, and uh, flashed us their chest. I was just going to say. (laughs) (laughs) Things got crazy, you guys. Uh, And then diking out darling, Allie Clayton. I'm a little bumpkin. (laughs) Allie crammed, you know, like a three-act play into the eight minutes we gave her. Somehow she (laughs) showed us pictures of... Her brother posing with their exotic animals they Sexy had growing posing. up. Sexy yeah. posing. <laughs> he is literally now a primatologist and is uncomfortable with her sharing these pictures on the internet, um, as it is now his profession and probably just humiliating, but it was <laughs> good she got to finally show our ticket holders. <laughs> yes. Exclusive pictures. And then she sang Reba McIntyre for a whole last minute, and it was wonderful. And then, uh, unfortunately, Tao Guan of uh, Tao and the Get Down, Stay Down had to follow that Reba McIntyre performance uh, without any warning, but she did it. She did great. She played uh, the song Marrow, which is my favorite song off her new album, Temple. If you're not familiar with Tao, 
get on it because she is great and put out uh, an amazing album back in March, I believe, which is a crazy time. She has a a music video and it was the first music video made on Zoom and it's super cool. So be sure to check that out. Yeah, I'm so glad that I got to see Tao, but Allie got to see Tao too. We can never agree on music. She loves country music. She has very specific taste when it crosses over into rock. I don't know. We finally have another band we can listen to and agree on. After the show, she dove into her discography and we are both fans now. Yes, I love to hear that. Um, And we also hung around uh, a little bit at the end of the show to talk directly with some of the audience members. And we asked people about the name Susan's for listeners. And wow, what a divisive question. Some of you love it. Some of you hate it. And then some of you proposed a solution that Melody's on board with. Yes, we had a Persian listener in the chat who had suggested Susan June, which I love. For those of you who don't know, June is tacked on to names in Farsi, and it means deer. It's just Melody Deer, Susan Deer. Or we could even just say June's. June's. Or SJ's. Or, you know. SJ's. (laughs) I don't know. It seems like we have listeners of color who are kind of with me on Susan. And I think that's because Karen has taken off in the culture. um, And then now we're seeing on Twitter, people are starting to call an older Karen a Susan. I don't know if anyone else has seen this. It's starting to spread. I I know. But you know what? I saw that the video of the community in Florida with the golf carts and everything, um, because our president did uh, retweet a video saying, look at these great people. And it was literally an old man in a golf cart uh, decked out in Trump stuff yelling white power. Mm -hmm. And that's where we Mm -hmm. are right now. But there was this one woman in the video who was like this angry older lady and reminded me of my mom after maybe three glasses of wine and was just uh, screaming, fuck you, Nazis. <laughs> and, and to me, I'm like, that's, that's a Susan. A, that's that's what I think of Susan. It's the, the old woman who's just fed up, and she's uh, calling people fucking Nazis and doesn't give two okay. shits. <laughs> I don't, then, that, see, I keep going back and forth now. I love Susan. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we just go to, to the backup, which was uh, Diking Otters. I love Diking Otters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe that's where we agree. I, I do like uh, otters and diking otters, and maybe we'll move to that. Keep giving us feedback. You know we love the feedback, everyone. And hey, I did 19 episodes under a different name on this podcast, so I'm not <laughs> afraid to change something that yes, I've committed to. to that here. I made new business cards. I changed my website. I went full in, and then I... Peeled it all back just as fast as I put it in place, guys. So we can do it. (laughs) It's crazy how people think your name is Caroline. Like in our comments on our Instagram, people are like, Caroline, did you see this? (laughs) Just spelled completely wrong. Huge fan, Caroline. (laughs) Yep. All the time. Half the messages we get, uh, people are calling me Caroline. Somebody called me Carol once and I... I don't think that was a joke. I think they just aged me 20 years by calling me Carol. So They Susan'd you. Yeah, they did Susan me. That's what I get. 
I deserve it all. Uh, another quick update based on uh, the show was I want to let everybody know that Cecilia is okay. I think I caused some panic okay. in the community uh, because I had announced that uh, Amir few hours before our show last Thursday, I took Cecilia to the emergency room, dropped her off, and came right back home to do Zoom comedy. So I felt like a monster. Uh, It was a crazy time for me. The night before, she came down with a fever and had some severe pain. And it wasn't going away the next day. And I was trying to find a the right kind of place to take her. You know, we didn't want to go somewhere where she'd be exposed to COVID or where there would be long waits. And then uh, went with her, dropped her off, but the show had to go on. And that really... And I felt bad because I'm like, Melody, Thursday, uh, I'm all yours and we'll <laughs> sit down and we'll... Th- because we figured out everything for the show except what we were going to do. And I was like, don't worry. Thursday we'll we'll spend all day doing that. Nope. (laughs) No, I was trying to make sure my wife wasn't going to die. She's fine. It was really scary. Uh, She was in the hospital for like two days and they still don't don't really know exactly. Yeah. They thought it was appendicitis. It wasn't, it was a, a mystery infection. It seems to be mostly gone. So, Fingers crossed uh, there won't be any more trips to the hospital for us for a while. You guys need a hospital punch card (laughs) or something like, yeah, man, next day is for free for you. I feel like every other week one of you has been in the hospital since March. Yeah, there's been a lot. It's either hospital or urgent care. Uh, We're just and and we had plans. We finally made plans to go upstate for a weekend and we're really looking forward to that and it was going to be you know the day after the show and just go and relax uh that blew up so shame on me for making plans in this year Mm -hmm. 2020 what what a rookie (laughs) mistake 2020 is a nice try but while cecilia was recovering i had started watching disclosure on Netflix and then I stopped because I'm like she's gonna be mad if I watch this without her because this is also right up her alley and just want to plead with everybody watch disclosure on Netflix make that be the next thing you watch it is one of the most important documentaries I've ever seen I learned so much it's so powerful it's about the trans community and representation in media and basically how uh, 80% of the country doesn't know a trans person personally so everything they know about trans people is what they including see including trans people in the media Looking to the media because they themselves don't know another trans person. Yeah, when they're growing up, it's not like there are multiple trans people around them. And they don't even get into, you know, the the news, like what the news media, how that uh, paints a certain picture of trans people. But even just like these fictionalized representations uh, that we've been exposed to over time and how that very directly impacts the lives of trans people. Laverne Cox was one of the producers on it and uh, is in it throughout. And I'm just in awe of, of everybody. And I hope that we can talk about it more in a future episode because I would love to get at least one of the people 
involved in that documentary. Just everybody is incredible and inspiring. And Jen Richards, if you're listening, please come on the podcast. (laughs) Melody, what's the gayest thing you did this week? Well, Carolyn, it's been a pretty gay week. It's the last week of Pride. I was out celebrating, protesting, marching. But I gotta say, at the top of the cake, I had my girlfriend queefed in my mouth. And I have to say, that's the gayest thing that happened to me. (laughs) I don't... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I love it. Thank you for sharing. That is the gayest thing. Doesn't get more gay than that. Um, (laughs) Is that a regular thing? No, Allie and I have been together almost four years now. We have somehow avoided having a queef in either of our mouths from the other. Wow. <laughs> I don't know how to word this. Because it's like, That's what's the gayest impressive. thing you did? But it's like, she did it. She queefed in my mouth. Um, well, you received I received it. a the, queef in my the mouth. The queefy. Yeah. <laughs> um, She's the queefer. You're the queefy. And I'm frankly impressed that, that four years, it's only happened once. Yeah. That's a, I would say a pretty gay thing that happens. I just love that when it happened, you know, we are two female comedians. Um, we're we're going to laugh when something happens like that. It's impossible for us to just let something slide like that without joking about it. <laughs> but we were also on a time crunch. So when it happened, I stopped what I was doing and... I like she saw my (laughs) grin start to form and immediately (laughs) I think she probably felt it start to form on her. Um, (laughs) I immediately looked up at her and I could see she was already holding her hands over her head, shaking. No, no, don't. Like she knew I was getting ready to make a joke. Don't just keep going. We don't have time. Like she had to (laughs) be somewhere. Um, And I was just like, gayest thing of the week <laughs> like I just wanted to <laughs> immediately start talking about the podcast in the middle of sex I was gonna be like this is it this is gonna be my gayest thing like I so in a way you were all there with me um when it happened I immediately thought of all the Susan Junes <laughs> who would appreciate hearing about it and that's what it's like to have ADHD while having sex <laughs> Did you just imagine the trophy just popping yes. up what, as it happened? <laughs> Our gay champion of the week trophy. Um, yeah, I think that's that might be gayer than the Gay Liberation March. I don't know. Because that's really, um, it's showing, not telling. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Allie felt liberated, clearly. Um. <laughs> yes, liberate that. That air, <laughs> that trapped air needs to get out. Carolyn. Yes. You think you could top that? <laughs> What's the gayest thing you did this last week? No, I think once again, I am the the bottom in this, <laughs> in this competition for gayest thing. But uh, while I was waiting for, because Cecilia uh, had to be transferred from the original emergency room to a different hospital for monitoring and... Uh, I couldn't go and visit her because hospitals are taking extra precautions right now. I just wanted to stay up after our show and make sure she got to that okay. Uh, And it just so happened that the first guest of this podcast, Sarah Kennedy, sent me and a bunch of people an email saying that she had a pride playlist and 
is trying to get some practice in DJing over Zoom and wanted to know if anybody wanted to hop on and just stand by while she works out her pride playlist, DJing, Zooming, whatever. So I was like, great. So I turned the party lights on that I have in my workspace, just some (laughs) flashing LEDs, and was just jamming out on my own while Sarah Kennedy was in the zone uh, playing the gayest songs. Just everything was uh, Kiki this and... Sashay that, you know. <laughs> Did she play any Taylor Swift? I know she's a big fan, right? She she didn't. I think she was saving that. To, you got to work up to it in the set. Mm-hmm. You can't just break out with the Taylor Swift. But that felt that felt pretty gay. Yeah. You know. Immediately yeah. after our gay show. Right I'm after. Counting. Yeah. I had a, a one person, a lonely uh, after party for me, just by myself <laughs> in a dark room with my LEDs, <laughs> watching my friend DJ over Zoom. Love That's, it. Yeah. So the queef was clearly the gayest thing. Receiving that, what a gift! <laughs> but you, but you also, you and Allie went to the Gay Liberation March yesterday. Yes, yesterday. Allie and I went to the Queer Liberation March. It is the second annual Queer Liberation March. Um, Last year, it was held for the first time in sort of a protest to World Pride. Um, For those of you who don't know, Pride, in at least in New York, is put on by a nonprofit group called Heritage of Pride. And as we all know, Pride every year has gotten increasingly corporate and sort of lost focus of what the... Pride marches originally were all about. Um, the year after the Stonewall riots was the first queer march. They marched from Christopher Street to Central Park um, just to celebrate that it had been one year since the Stonewall riots. And these marches, you know, sprung up around the country and eventually the world to demand rights and call for an end to the continued police brutality towards gay people. Um, so that continued annually. And eventually just sort of turned into a circus parade that acted as a corporate marketing platform for businesses to be up front at the parade and visible ultimately on TV to reach consumers, right? Yeah. And HIV and LGBT groups were sort of shoved to the back of the parade since your placement in the pride parade depends solely on how much you donate. If you want a float at the front of the parade, you have to pay at least $50,000. And the small sort of grassroots groups who could only afford to pay one or $2,000 are generally stuck in the back, not visible at all, literally and figuratively left behind and taking a backseat to capitalism. Because it is a circus parade and also circuit parties. That's all pride really is now. Um, And you need the visibility of a lot of these corporate platforms, you know, they can help and provide that visibility that we need. Um, But marketing products shouldn't be the sole focus. So the organizers behind the Queer Liberation March last year felt like we'd lost our history and focus and had actually tried to meet with the organizers behind Heritage of Pride to work with them to refocus LGBT issues and... That, unfortunately, didn't go over so well. It's apparently very hard to get any sort of transparency into the planning of Pride. And Mm. so, you know, they took it into their own hands and planned their own sort of counter-protest before World Pride last year. Uh, It was about, like, 11 a.m. I think the Pride 
It was a couple hours before the actual pride. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like this problem could easily be fixed. Like, we can still have our big pride. If heritage of pride were more open to criticism and positive change, they could maybe have corporate floats include the activists that are generally in the back of the parade, work with them to create at least a branded partnership that brings the issues they're fighting for to the front, literally. Um, Yeah, they should need, like, a co-sponsor or something. Yeah. Like, kind of like if you're going, like... If you're going to a gay bar as a as a straight person, you should be there with somebody who's queer and just not encroaching on right. queer spaces. So same thing, I think, with corporations. You should have like a local organization that you're teaming up with who gets to be featured on the float totally. or whatever. Even once you pay your couple thousand to get at the back of the parade, you get very limited amount of wristbands for the people in your organization to participate in. And so, you know, you can't even celebrate making it to that point of getting in the parade, just like a select few get to join and it's fucked up. Yeah. So it was very exciting to be at the Queer Liberation March. It was exactly what pride should be. It was very focused. It was very anti-cop. There was some police kerfuffles at the end of it literally someone had just taken a sharpie to a cop car and scribbled on nypd and that unleashed just a fury of police beating pepper spraying and arresting Charging the crowd and right here yeah for yeah pushing everyone for a sharpie sharpie on the car yeah totally appropriate response for sure there's that sarcasm again (laughs) (laughs) That's so awesome, and I am so, so sad that I wasn't able to be there uh, because I, you know, you know, I love the, the Dyke March, and this sounds right up my alley, too, but unfortunately, I did promise with all the IVF stuff that Cecilia and I are doing that I will not go to any protests. Plus, I mean, really, we're having, we're having a year. Uh yeah. <laughs> With, with health stuff, and I think stay put. the world is telling me just stay, yeah, stay put, stay inside. So I'm going to go back to being a hermit. I think it's time to get into our interview finally with Erica Owens. Bye. But first, because we had limited time, so we just got right into it with Erica. Melody, can you give like a quick overview about what the show actually is for anybody who's flying blind here? Yes, very quickly. 90 Day Fiance Before the 90 Days is the show that Erica Owens was on. Um, 90 Day Fiance is a franchise, the original show followed international couples who were applying for a K-1 visa, which allows someone who is not a U.S. citizen to travel to the U.S. on this visa on the condition that they get married within 90 days. The show is wildly popular. It's got a huge following now. So, of course, there are so many different offshoots of the show, including, you know, 90 Day Fiance, Where Are They Now? 90 Day Fiance, Before the 90 Day. And that's where we met Erica. Just at the beginning phases of her relationship with Stephanie Maddow, who is a New York resident, she is a big online personality. I believe that's how they originally met through Stephanie's YouTube page. She's got quite a following, um, and they sparked an online romance. We followed 
Stephanie traveling to Australia for them to meet for the first time, and the drama ensues. <laughs> yes. I remember a couple of months ago, maybe, I brought up, briefly, I brought up this relationship because I was very excited about it. It's the first homosexual couple we see on all of 90 Day Fiance. Which is shocking because it's a show that's about having to get married within uh, 90 days of being in the same place right. together. And that's the most lesbian thing I can you think would of. Think. Like, why, why isn't the show just all lesbians? Yeah. Why weren't Cecilia and I on this? Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's just jump right into it. We are diking out with photographer Erica Owens, who is on the other side of the world in Port Augusta, Australia. But some of you know her best from the most recent season of 90 Day Fiance before the 90 Days on TLC. She's the one that everyone likes. <laughs> Welcome, Erica. <laughs> Where's the lie? Hi. Thank you for, for diking out with us today. <laughs> oh my God. What an intro. What an intro. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so I have to I have to be upfront because Melody, maybe like a month or so ago, is like, have you been watching 90 Day Fiance? I'm like, I couldn't even tell you what that show is about. <laughs> I don't have cable. I've never been one for, for reality TV. And she's like, no, you have to watch it. So I've watched all the clips with you in it. I have a lot of <laughs> friends who love the show. And when I told them we were going to be interviewing you, they're like, oh, my God, she's so awesome. And then they're like... It's really crazy because usually the people who do that show are kind of off. Yeah. Uh, but Erica's like really cool and normal. She's like the best one. Oh, I'm glad that people are saying nice things That's about me. What everyone says. You are the first likable like reality TV person, I think. Aww. You won. You won reality TV. You, you really did. Like, yeah, how does that feel to be the most uh, well-adjusted person on, on reality TV? <laughs> I mean, I try my best. I try my best. But uh, it's funny because it's like, how did the like weird girl with pink and purple hair end up being like the normal one? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> just goes to show just how wild the cast typically is, especially for that show. I wasn't expecting to find anyone that I liked. I watched that show as an escape. It's mm -hmm. it's very absurd to me oh, a yeah. lot of the time. The, a lot uh -huh. of the characters you see, you never really see anyone that grounded and, I don't know, in touch with their feelings and with communication skills like yours. So it was so refreshing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I'm glad that you think so. I mean, obviously there are some points where I just like get up and storm off in everybody <laughs> yeah. else's way. Barely a storm off. <laughs> I mean, I had that jacket on and it was like, I, I have to storm off. Like, yes, it was like, of course. It was like of course. pink and sparkly and had friends. Like, of course I'm going to walk away. Like, I was like, right. I was watching uh, Pillow Talk after our episode of that specific episode, actually. And one of the pillow talk people was like sashay away when i was like yes. <laughs> i was like yeah <laughs> i know if you're if you are dressed for the occasion and a camera is on you you have to have a dramatic exit <laughs> at some point or else it's just a waste that you would have regretted it if you hadn't so kudos to you for finding your moment uh-huh i could have just sat there and like taken it or i could have had my dramatic exit which is yes <laughs> obviously i chose the latter 
People are going to try to recreate that outfit. A lot of your outfits. I genuinely believe there are going to be a lot of Erica Owens Halloween costumes. I would love to see that. Like, honestly. Melody, I think you just called out my Halloween costume. I think now I kind of have to. Just dye half your hair. I know. I should. It's so funny. I, um, yeah, I've seen a lot of, like, a lot of young girls actually tag me in their like teenagers mm. tag me in their post and they've been like, well, I'm not going to school and my mom's letting me dye my hair. And like, I dyed my hair like Eric and it's really sweet. I'm just like, oh, oh. God. Sorry. No, that's really nice. <laughs> that's so sweet. So do you, do you like hear a lot from, uh, from viewers and stuff? Are they like sending you messages? Oh and... yeah. Every day. <laughs> What's the weirdest one? Yeah. Like oh. what are some of the weird ones? I mean, there's a lot of foot pick requests. No, like, oh okay. god, <laughs> had thankfully have not had a single dick pic, like, not one. Oh, which I was blessed because I was just like, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's what you'd expect. Yeah, yeah, well, that's what you know, some people like. Obviously, I'd spoken to different cast members and stuff when the season was first airing, being like, what do I expect? And like, help me and whatever. And a lot of them told me, like, you better be prepared for an influx of penises and your dms and i was like <laughs> i was like uh, but i think because like a lot of dudes have obviously watched our story and our entire storyline is based off the fact that we're with women yeah <laughs> so then just like refrain from that that's so. never stopped them before i don't know <laughs> i don't know, I don't know. Maybe, I don't... maybe they just know i'll call them out on it <laughs> yeah <laughs> what what was it like uh, watching the the edits for the first time and realizing that you weren't the villain? Look. <laughs> Is it like relief? Well, it, I mean, it was a relief, but also like I would never wish for that for anyone, you know, obviously. Oh, of course. So it was of like course. I felt bad because I was like, oh, you know. Yeah. But also like there were some things that I was like, oh, kind of accurate like, you know sure. so it's it's kind of like a roller coaster watching it because at some points you know you feel like bad for the person that you are not with anymore and that's not a normal thing is to like feel bad really for your ex you're like after you know you've had a sure. messy breakup and it's like not great it's like yeah I feel like a lot of people that aren't on the show would be like, don't you love it? Like watching your ex be like the villain or whatever. And I was like, it's not like that at all. You know, I feel really You're bad. You're clearly too nice for that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not great. But I mean, there are parts in the show where I'm not really like shown in my best light as well. So I try to remember that as well and just like stay kind of humble about that and be like, okay, well, you know, I have a lot of love, but also like there were some points in the show that, you know, what what are my greatest moments? <laughs> I was wondering, are you a reality TV fan? Had you watched any kind of reality shows before agreeing to do it? Because you see a lot of <laughs> edits <laughs> from other shows. Well, I mean, we our reality TV in Australia is like a little different. We it's not you guys have a lot of reality shows, like a lot of them. You have Too much. like you have ones about like popping pimples. You have ones about <laughs> I watched that one. There's like a lot of different <laughs> 90 day fiancés. There's like all these MTV shows. You've got The Bachelor and like Love Island. Well, you've got a lot. Whereas we kind of have we have some home renovations ones. We have like Master Chef and My Kitchen Rolls. And I mean, there's like the voice, the 
Australian Idol or whatever sure. mm-hmm. those ones like I guess and in terms of love reality shows I guess we have Farmer Wants a Wife um, <laughs> <laughs> um and we we do have The Bachelor I think we might have Love Island but it's definitely not on the level of what you guys have in the U.S. and we don't really have 90 days so when Steph kind of like told me about it I was like yeah whatever I didn't think much of it because of course it was in like like it wasn't confirmed or anything at the time so I was like yeah whatever like let's do it and then as time went on and we started doing interviews like with you know casting or whatever I started to realize like oh this is kind of serious this is like a big show and then you know I I asked one of my friends in the U.S., like, do you know the show Nanny Day Fiancé? And she was like, oh, my God, yeah, it's huge. And I was like, <laughs> oh, boy. I was like, I'd already signed my contract. I was like, oh, my God, it's so big. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that checks out then. Because I have so many yeah. friends who are like, I just don't understand how she's so cool. Like, she seems like she's too cool to go on a show like this. And that's usually what it takes. You just have to not be American to agree to do an American <laughs> show and come off as, like, a relatively normal person. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and and also it's like there there are so many shows but 90 day fiance like at least i i had heard of that one as somebody who's generally out of the loop mm-hmm. and so i'm like that must be a big one and then whenever i mention or or ask people about it they're like oh my god yeah of course i watch that i'm like <laughs> yeah. yeah i had a friend that of course leading up to the show airing and whatever we hadn't been, we didn't get announced to be on the show as like cast until December. And we filmed like a few months before that. So I had this like weird period of time where I couldn't, you know, tell my friends about it, except for the friends that were on the show. So I had friends in America and I started noticing very slowly. I guess I just never noticed it before. I hadn't been relevant. So I'd like never noticed it. But, you know, I'd see my friends share things about 90 Day Fiance or like, you know, they'd like bring it up in conversation. And then I, had a friend of a friend who told me like, oh yeah, 90 Day Fiance is like my favorite show. She was like obsessed. She gave me like the tea. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there like knowing that I'm on the show and I can't tell her. And I'm like, oh my God. And then the the announcement came out in December and she was like, what? It was like, it was this whole thing. And I was like, oh my God, what have I done? I can't keep a secret like that. Like I, I couldn't even keep it in that we were talking to you. Like I told other <laughs> before we even confirmed. I was like, guess what? Oh my yeah. friends. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it was it was tough. I'm lucky enough that I mean, you see a lot of my friends on the show. We had we had like a party, so like most of my friends knew about it. Sure, but it was just this like weird thing that. I have a lot of friends from traveling and stuff because I, I travel like a lot and I have a lot of friends from that a lot from the US and I couldn't tell any of them and I'm like oh god they're just gonna like see me on an ad one day and be like what is Erica doing on my TV <laughs> did a lot of them know about the relationship with Stephanie that you were kind of like in this long kind distance of. that was also a thing that I guess like you know, honestly, contractually, I don't remember, like, if we were supposed to keep it a secret, it was, like, a while ago, but, you know, I kind of just kept it quiet, because I was, like, scared of breaking an NBA or, like, whatever. I didn't really talk about it with people that didn't already know, you know. So yeah. I had friends that knew about the relationship before we went on the show that, you know, I, you know, talked about stuff too and whatever, but after the show, 
like we finished filming, obviously I knew we broke up, but I couldn't tell my friends that already knew about me and stuff. So they'd be like, oh, so how's Steph? And I'd be like, she's good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she's fine. <laughs> It was, yeah. It's like you have spoilers about your own life. That's so crazy. It was wild. It was wild. I'm like, okay, I'm like living in this weird, warped, like, reality now where I can't talk about my life yet. It was, it was really yeah. weird. But no, it was, it's, it's fine. It worked out well. Like, the network has been really good about everything. So it's been good. Nice. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. And your, your parents were on the show and are very lovely. And what, what do they think of the, like the whole experience? <laughs> well, they're very like small town. Like my, you know, we live in yeah. like a town of like 13,000 people. It's, it's quite small. Everybody knows everybody. And they're very just like, yeah, very small town people. And so <laughs> they've been very excited with all the attention that they've been getting. It's quite <laughs> cute. Like my dad, someone, I got some fan mail the other day and there was like some stuff in there for my dad it was like snacks and whatever and he was like I guess I guess I'm famous now <laughs> I was like oh dad <laughs> it was so cute like he, you know he says he jokes with me all the time he says I'm gonna go on Ellen I'm like okay dad <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> I'm gonna go on Ellen he says I'm like okay <laughs> your dad actually reminded me a lot of my dad especially yeah. in the coming out scene my dad was just that cool with it yeah uh, yeah. yeah I was I was very lucky honestly I know that not everybody gets the same experience that I got and it's like you know it's it's lovely especially that they were like that on tv and they didn't like be weird about it but yeah it's it's kind of like this weird thing because it's like people are proud of me and proud of my parents and whatever for reacting that way but also it makes me really sad because 
it sometimes feels like it's being rubbed in people's faces sometimes because obviously not everybody gets that same experience. So I, I try not to be like too in people's faces. Like, yeah, my parents are awesome because it's you know, not always like that for everybody. Well, maybe I would hope that like some parents are also watching the show and then seeing that and being like, oh, that's actually how you should react in this yeah. situation and are learning from it. Uh-huh. And I think that gives a lot of young queer people hope too that you know mm-hmm. were, were you really nervous about telling them I was pretty nervous I mean like I know that they're very accepting and they knew we were on a show obviously like sure. so you know that's I was nervous I was very actually I was like running to the bathroom every five seconds because I had so much boob sweat that I was like like <laughs> I was blow drying underneath my boobs because I was just like I was like I can't have boob sweat on TV like it was coming from my mouth. I was so nervous you can see in the scene my chest is like bright red <laughs> oh. but I didn't have doubts that my parents would be accepting I just was like nervous you know yeah because even like parents I think can be really cool about it. But like, I know my own parents were accepting of me being gay, but my dad was like, but don't feel like you need to scream it in the in the streets. <laughs> and like, lo and behold, I host a podcast called Diking Out. But, uh, <laughs> Sorry, dad. But like, yeah, I think that they would have been more like, like, this is great. We love you. Why'd you have to do this on TV? And like, <laughs> this, is, this is out there forever, you know? Yeah. Did your parents also think you were doing a reality show on friendships or whatever Steph's family thought she was doing? Steph says that she, like her family thought it was for a documentary about her illness. Oh, right. I know that she's like filming one. But <laughs> <laughs> my parents... They knew it was for TV. Obviously, we had cameras in our house. Like anyone that's like, yeah. oh, like her parents knew. Like what? You know, of of course they knew we had a camera crew in the house. Yeah. Like, that yeah. would be weird. Yeah. That would be so weird. <laughs> but we don't really have ninety day fiance. I just told them I was for a show called Before the Ninety Days. I'm like, okay, whatever. And them just being like small town old parents, they were just like, all right, whatever. Like you have someone come over. Like they obviously. When they met Steph, it wasn't like, oh, this is Erica's girlfriend. But they knew Steph was coming. They knew I was, like, traveling with her, which is not out of the ordinary for me. I travel with people all the time and whatever. Like, I mean, it is it is out of the ordinary for someone to come to Port Augusta. But, <laughs> but I travel a lot with people. And, like, so they just didn't think much of it. They're like, oh, cool, whatever. And then, yeah, we came to the house. And I was like, actually, Steph is my girlfriend. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, there have been a lot of doubts about that so of course I had to tell them something prior but I didn't be like yeah that's my girlfriend and I'm bisexual like I didn't tell them that it was just like a thing that I had to word very carefully (laughs) sure yeah yeah speaking of travel I'd love to know a little bit about your your traveling is that like a big passion I remember reading or listening to something about Thailand (laughs) yeah I don't ever shut up about Thailand I'm always like (laughs) I've always wanted to go it's literally my favorite place in the whole world like I have Ching Mai tattooed in Thai on my wrist like it's it's my favorite I'm actually getting a tattoo on Friday for one of I work at a well I don't work there I volunteer at a dog rescue over there and one of my favorite babies just passed away so I'm getting a tattoo Mm -hmm. for him but no I go over to Thailand or Bali actually a lot and volunteer with dogs (laughs) so it's good it's something I'm really passionate about Uh, I love Thailand in general I don't just go for the dogs but whenever I go (laughs) like I don't go to Thailand and not 
go and volunteer with them. So no, it's good. Um, I travel a lot in the US as well. Like I have a lot of friends over there from just over the years. You guys have like way better music festivals, which I come over for a lot. And then I've just <laughs> made friends through like doing all this stuff yeah. in America. And now I'm like, well, I, so I come back twice a year, usually to the US to just visit my friends at this point. But yeah, love to travel pretty much going like crazy stuck in my house right now because I'm like I just want to get on a plane but I know yeah yeah when uh when Melody was telling me about the show she's like I know it was taped in advance but it's crazy because this girl Stephanie had to take all these precautions flying and that's what's happening right now uh-huh yeah uh-huh it's crazy it was very weird to watch that like normally yeah. pre-covid I would have watched that and been like these are really crazy precautions she has to take but everything she was doing was what we were learning to do like in real time now <laughs> uh-huh it certainly was like not anticipated that obviously coronavirus is gonna happen but <laughs> it's funny to watch it back now and be like damn like everyone's doing that now yeah because yeah that's kind of like something Steph has had to deal with for a long time so yeah and I just want to apologize on behalf of all Americans for her friends <laughs> on the <laughs> Tell out. Carolyn, I know you watched clips from the show, but I don't know if you saw the reunion or not. I didn't, but I I heard and I saw Twitter and I saw the comments and her friends uh, did not go over well. And, you know, Yonkers, I'm not surprised I gotta say <laughs> it checked out it checked out um yeah yeah right I, I know a few people from Yonkers but it all checks out so right yeah I mean look the tell-all was a lot um it was it was definitely a lot I try not to hold any like hate towards like even even Steph you know what it's whatever we broke up it doesn't yeah. have to be that deep but <laughs> yeah it was a lot in the moment I was like really not okay I was like I remember switching the camera off for the tell-all and I was just like I was like sick I, I ended up like throwing up in my bathroom it was oh not my God. you seemed very cool as a cucumber <laughs> my poor mom like walked in and she was like what is happening because I was like I went to my bathroom and I was sick and then I was just like hunched over in my bed with an old ice cream bucket like I was like oh. <laughs> she walked in she's like what is going on in here she heard me like yelling or whatever at the I'm like <laughs> my phone she comes in I'm like throwing up she's like what is going on but yeah it was it was a lot it was not great didn't look great but yeah it's, it's fine now it was filmed a while ago so I'm good but cool <laughs> What would you say to anyone who says that you were emotionally catfished? Have you heard that term being thrown around? All the time. All the time. <laughs> yeah, that is that is certainly something that I I honestly get DMs about almost every single day. It's a term I've never heard until this season yeah, of 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> I had never heard of it either. And I mean, look. It's hard because obviously if you're in any kind of sex work, you would know that you don't have to be that person with right. people like in your, I guess, like real life, like outside of what you do. Um, and, you know, there's, it's something that has been very widely discussed. And I don't think that the issues stemmed from like Steph's work or what she does or anything like that at all. It had nothing to do with sex. But I guess I, you know, I was kind of just expecting someone a little more like, fun loving and you know open and you know you see on on YouTube or like on our Instagram or you know whatever like mm-hmm. she's 
she's very like, hey guys, like, blah, blah, blah. and then she c- kind of yeah. came and things were very like, I don't know, intense, intense and, you know, <laughs> not what I expected. So I think it's less about, you know, Steph's online persona that people talk about in terms of sex and whatever, and more just about like us not being able to just like have fun and be silly together you know I just it was it was really weird to to kind of expect it to be one way and then you know it was a different way but obviously I think when people say I was emotionally catfished most of the time they are referring to the sex thing which was funnily enough not an issue at all between either of us you know Steph doesn't see it as a problem as far as I'm aware and like neither do I but there was a was there definitely was a difference in online versus you know, right person. Yeah. Which was kind of sad. And it was very like, obviously very confusing to me, but it actually like helped us. We get a lot of questions from our listeners. And one was talking about how they were moving internationally to a place where somebody that they've been like pen pals with for, for years lives and they're, they feel like there's a connection there and should they like make a move before? And I'm like, wait till you get there. Uh, watch before the 90 days. <laughs> we did reference you in our advice to yeah, this listener. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm like, things might seem like really great and really cool, but in person, you just kind of like never know and it just might not Mm -hmm. pan out the way you expect. But this seems like it was a positive experience for you and now you have the this platform and you're able to spread your brightness and your joy and yeah, your style. I'm doing my best. Doing my best. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're doing great. Our listeners, by the way, love you. I, I briefly okay. mentioned 90 Day Fiance for like 10 seconds on an episode a few months back and since then have been getting a lot of messages about the show. They just want to talk that, about it. That That's what made me follow you guys, actually. My friend Moni, yes. like know her through like Lady Gaga stuff, but um, <laughs> she like hit me up. She was like, this podcast I listen to is talking about you. And I was like, huh? Like, and then that's when I followed you guys. And I was like, oh, she has pink hair. Cool. We're going to, I'm going to follow them. It's fine. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's nuts. And actually we have a lot of listeners in Australia, weirdly. Yeah. We do. Yeah. Huh. And now you're, you're the second most famous queer person from Australia behind Hannah Gatsby. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We we, we still have some icons. I mean, <laughs> we have a lot. People just don't know as much about I know. them. We're so ignorant. I mean, I'm <laughs> yeah. I'm forever just like a stan of, and I don't know if I'm saying this right because I only know them from like Instagram. But uh, like Art Simone, I don't know if you know who that is, but no, drag, drag queen from Melbourne, incredible, incredible Ooh. performer. Mm-hmm. Amazing, but yeah. never seen them live. So, like, I just know them from Instagram. So, I could be saying their name wrong. Do not quote me on that. <laughs> but <laughs> amazing, like, obsessed. So, are yeah, you a big okay. drag fan? Do you watch Drag oh, yeah. Race? Okay. I mean, I'm not. I'm not up to date. I'm honestly, I'm not up to date. But I do love Drag Race. Am aware of everyone that's on it. Just haven't watched it because I suck. Okay. And it's kind of like hard to get in Australia, like in real time. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. So I generally know what happens before I watch it. Because, you know, we get it. I just want you to be a judge one day on RuPaul's Drag Race. I see it happening. Because you have charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. (laughs) (laughs) That would, like, literally be the end of me. My friend said that to me the other day. She's like, what if you get asked to go on RuPaul's? And I was like, you know that, like, I would get the call and I would be checked out for like a week just passed out like it would that would be what (laughs) I don't know it makes too much sense to me you have I love your personal style that's what I wanted to talk about oh yay let's talk about it 
about it. Let's get into it. I think we got a glimpse of your closet once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In the tell-all. It was like in the back. Yeah. <laughs> yes. like, more of that. Have you always kind of had this unique style? Did you one day, you know, say, I want to I wanna go for it? <laughs> Definitely gradual. Because like I used to be a huge, huge emo kid. Oh, me too. Um, like massive, <laughs> insane. Um, I think that's like probably if you go far back enough on my Instagram, like it's pretty funny. There's some pretty hilarious photos from my years. <laughs> but yeah, used to, it's always been extreme, but just like in a different way. Like obviously the emo is like complete opposite of what I am now, but always been different, but just in different ways, I guess. And then, you know, I got into Lady Gaga when I was like an emo kid. Like, like I'm a huge Gaga fan. Like, I could sit here all day, but we won't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> love Gaga. We can. Yeah. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't, don't tempt me. You could dyke out about Gaga. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I love her. Um, but no, I like, got into Gaga. And at the time, Gaga was obviously was in like the fame era. I've, I've been like, Gaga stand from the start but then she started moving into Born This Way which was a little like the style was a bit darker you know it was very like mm-hmm. just like black clothing and like metal yeah pieces you know, leather <laughs> and so you know I was like in that era for a bit and then that kind of branched out to like a lot of pop culture influences because that's Gaga you know and from there it went to like we went through to art pop which obviously is like super colorful yes super like psychedelic and crazy and like just never really been done before it was I know that people say that art pop was like a bit of a flop but let's be honest it was a great album and like the there's some bangers the era itself honestly I kind of love it because it's it's super different to anything I've ever really seen before and it was it was just fun but that era kind of was like the beginning of the color coming like into everything with me (laughs) then I started getting more into like Kesha and Carly Rae Jepsen and then like it, it just slowly slowly started to morph and then I kind of became a little more comfortable like with my sexuality with just like my friends and in general, obviously not my parents at the time, but just in general. And yeah, and it kind of just morphed and all of a sudden I am a walking rainbow. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, it definitely started with Gaga influences and then like gay culture entered my life, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, just evolves over time. Do you know about the conspiracy theory around Lady Gaga? <laughs> Which one? I don't. <laughs> Do I love the opportunity to bring up a good conspiracy theory, but there's a conspiracy theory that there was this woman at NYU who was murdered and some say that Lady Gaga was involved with it, but that she... Took her identity? Yeah. She took her identity. She stole her, like, persona, her music. There is is a conspiracy about that. I do love a good conspiracy, but honestly, my favorite celebrity one, it's it's gotta be Avril. Like, it has... I was gonna say, but it's no Avril Lavigne conspiracy. What's the Avril conspiracy theory? Melody, you're missing out. You might know about reality TV, but I know about celebrity conspiracies. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Even more niche. It's that, that Avril Levine died years ago and this other person kind of stepped into her place and, and assumed her identity. When her was, doppelganger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, there was like okay. this big shift in her life. Yeah. I think it was around the time she married 
Chad Kroger, maybe? I think it was, like, around the time that her grandfather died, actually, because she went into okay. this, like, depression, and they say that, like, she was in this depression and she took her life, and then, like, her fame was, like, too much, and her recording company or whatever was, like, we need to keep making money from this. We have a doppelganger. Let's throw Melissa in. <laughs> so oh there's God. this, like, weird conspiracy theory about that. If it's true, it's very sad. But also, like, she probably just got a nose job or something, let's be honest. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's also the other Lady Gaga conspiracy that she's, like, a Satanist from the... That she, like, eats babies and stuff. The 80s. <laughs> Yeah, like there was somebody who kind of resembled her that was like on a talk show in the 80s and said they were like the Antichrist or something and they resemble Lady Gaga and that's enough for people to run with it. Yeah. Uh, it's great. You've really, you've chosen an awesome icon. Like if if someone has conspiracy theories about them, you know, they're they're making a splash in this world. Oh, uh, absolutely. I don't know, ever since Josie and the Pussycats, the movie, I don't know if you've seen it. I now mm-hmm. believe... Any conspiracy theory that takes place within the music industry. Oh, 100%. It's it's, it's pretty yeah. weird to think about, actually. The music industry scares me. Uh- <laughs> do you perform? Like, you're really into music. Do you sing or do any dabble in it? I mean, I sing a lot. I, like I have a TikTok where I sang once. Uh, yes. But I, I love to sing. I like to think I'm good at singing, but it's not something I'm, I, like, pursue at all. I just like it. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to be able to play the piano. That would be awesome. But I think I missed the the flight for that. I feel like you have to be like learning when you're like six years old to be good at it by now. So no, no, you can totally <laughs> pick it up. My dad picked it up when when my sister was like a little kid and started taking lessons, and then he took lessons alongside of her Aww. and he picked it up like real fast. That's yeah. really sweet. <laughs> It's sweet until you hear that they denied me piano lessons and I've been bitter ever since. Right, right. I used to play the flute and I used to think it was like the nerdiest thing ever and I ended up giving up and then Lizzo comes out and I'm like, God Uh damn it. I should have just kept playing. (laughs) All the popular girls played flute, I remember, when we all had to choose our instruments. Yeah. I played the violin and I thought I was such a loser. <laughs> oh my God, that's no, that's so cool. I wish I, the violin is beautiful. I always hear it at like weddings whenever I'm working at a wedding. It's, it's always like, just, yeah, it's beautiful. Is your photography business mostly weddings and that kind of stuff? Or do you do travel photography as well? Um, I do travel photography like for myself. Like it's just, I just okay. like it. I, I love it yeah. actually. It's something that I'm very passionate about. And, you know, obviously before 90 day, it was just like a thing and that I did. And then we went into quarantine and I wasn't able to work so I was like I should put yeah. some of these online so I like put like a little store up because I was like I need money like <laughs> I was like I can't work I can't do photo shoots all the weddings got canceled right. so I was like what do I do and I put some of my travel prints up for sale and like they went really well and I'm like okay like this is kind of cool I didn't know anything about 90 day before this and now I can use my platform for that but I just love doing it and it just so happened that I can <laughs> monetize it a little bit which is nice but yeah, mainly mainly weddings, families, and pets. I'm getting back into pets now. That's like the first thing that I'm going back into because obviously they don't have corona. Well, I think they can have coronavirus, but I don't think we can catch it from them. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. There are a couple tigers that, that had coronavirus, <laughs> oh I think. Uh, oh my God. Joe Exotic <laughs> would be thriving with that information. I, know. 
I, right. I saw a meme that was like, um, house cats are, you know, proven can't transfer COVID, though they would if they could. Oh, they would. Yes. They would. Yeah. They are uh-huh. evil. Yes. They are terrorists. Yeah. With with wedding photography, like as a as a queer person, I feel like that gives you and tell me if you agree, but kind of like an an advantage. I don't know, because I, I feel like weddings for so long were so like heteronormative and that a lot of photographers I mean I I know that like the first time I got married they were trying to pose my ex-wife and I like a heterosexual couple Uh, and I like asked them ahead of time I'm like do you have have you done a queer wedding they're like no but it's the same as a regular one I'm like no and they kept wanting me to like lay my head on her chest and they were just like the worst photos and but I feel like if you're queer you kind of like know not to do that cheesy stuff yeah no I don't really (laughs) that's not really like my vibe anyway I don't really do like pose all of my stuff is very candid I mean obviously I'll do the like the here and there post one for like grandma's fridge or whatever I call them the grandma's fridge photo because (laughs) I always tell my clients I'm like okay now we're gonna just like take a break I want one where you guys are both looking at me because you know your grandparents are gonna kill me if we don't have one where you're both looking directly at me. <laughs> right, right. But, but yeah, no, with, with weddings, I mean, honestly, where I live, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of like openly queer couples, people that get, you know, sure. married or whatever. I think I've done like four queer weddings in my life. And obviously they've, they've all been fantastic. And, you know, I really believe that I do have an advantage because I know, you know, how our minds work a little bit, you know, and it's not, right. I'm not going to go like, okay, now like we're going to have, a masculine person here and a feminine, you know, like it's not yeah. always, sometimes it is, but like, it's not always that way. So it's good to be able to have like a little bit of an understanding, but I feel like if I was in the city, I'd probably book like more queer weddings. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. But, but even with straight weddings, I would think that you wouldn't fall into like normal stereotypes. Of, oh like, yeah. No, absolutely not. No. Yeah. I mean, sometimes especially being like small town, like the dudes yeah. will kind of be like, what are you doing? You know, like, like <laughs> why are you imposing like Greg like that? Or like, you know, whatever. Like the, it's usually the groups, man, that always like kind of make weird comments. I'm like, just trust me. It's going to be good, you know. But yeah, small towns, a little bit different. I'm sure you guys would understand. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure, but I sure. do my best to kind of like break through those like gender norms when I'm working as much as I possibly can without like making my very masculine clients feel weird (laughs) of course yeah they're fragile very fragile so I know Port Augusta is like you know further out from the major cities and you'd mentioned like a small town but I honestly felt like you had such a queer kind of like urban friend group and right that was a joy to watch. I was like, oh my God, they they all found each other. Yeah, (laughs) right. (laughs) It did not seem like you were in a small town when you were with your group of friends, at least. Yeah. I mean, so obviously we have Claire, who is very, very popular. We love Claire. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody loves Claire. I call call us like Claire Bear side hair at this point because I like she kind of the name side hair was coined very early in the season so now it's like a thing and I always make fun of her about it but um you know we have Claire and I mean obviously we have Adam uh, <laughs> of course <laughs> what would we do without him the famous Adam and Tash the boob lady from the studio the boob molds yes yeah. yes yes 
Yeah. So she lives in Adelaide. She's, you know, everyone's kind of scattered. Most of the people that you see in the show actually live like an hour away from me. Gotcha. I, sadly enough, don't have that many friends in Port Augusta. But yeah, I mean, we all kind of found each other. You, you'll notice at the party, it's like all a bunch of weirdos, but all in different ways, which is kind of cool. You know, you've got like some, you'll see like girls in the back that are like super like emo looking. And yes. like, <laughs> I was listening yeah. to, um, I think it was 90 Day Cray Cray, the podcast. And yes. um, they were like discussing that we were all just like clearly a bunch of misfits that were just all brought together because we live in a small <laughs> town. It was like all the different kinds of misfits just in like one place. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so that was really funny to listen to. Yeah. How did you all find each other? Because we get, we get a lot of listener questions from people in rural areas and they really struggle on like how to find queer friends. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for Melody and I to speak to living in New York City. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what's the secret? Well, honestly, I mean, anyone that lives in a small town would definitely vouch for me when I say that if there are queer people you just know where they are like you just know it doesn't always mean you're going to be friends with them though like it's the same as like you know when people (laughs) when people are like oh I have this gay friend you might know them and at first you're at first you're kind of like how dare you assume that I was like yeah actually, but I I do know her Um, (laughs) 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 so everyone kind of like knows everybody anyway in a small town and even if someone's not out like you just kind of know you know and um sure I don't know even when it comes to you know people that aren't queer we just all kind of like gravitate towards each other like the weirdos in a sense I guess it's you know we we have no option to connect otherwise we just have no friends and then obviously we form these relationships and friendships with each other and obviously end up dating each other (laughs) 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 but no it's there's not many of honestly where I live so it's like Claire and I were like well of course we're gonna be friends (laughs) that that's why you had to look for fiancés in Yonkers New York (laughs) yeah exactly exactly I don't know to cast a wide net sometimes Going back to your to your style, what are like the reactions you get from people? Like I know when I dyed my hair pink, I started getting a lot more comments from strangers than I ever had uh-huh. in my whole life. Yeah. And it became like a daily thing. Are you just constantly not really, actually. Weirdly yeah. enough, it's probably because Americans are more rude. I think that's why. <laughs> well, I actually get a lot of like cute little old ladies that are like, "You're so colorful. I like it," which is weird because you would yes. think it would be the opposite that like the old people would be weird, but they love it. It's so funny. They love it. Yeah, they're always like, "Your hair just brightened my day." Yes, <laughs> you must always be smiling because your hair is so happy. Yeah, and <laughs> uh huh, I get like, that all the time. <laughs> It's so nice to hear. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, because especially now with quarantine, with it growing out, I'm like, oh, maybe maybe this is like a sign that it's time for me to stop it with the pink hair. But I'm like, but it makes me so happy. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. No, I actually find that the people that are like kind of more judgy about the way that I dress and the way that I look are people of my own age. And I think that it just comes down to people like being insecure in themselves and not like not knowing that it's cool to just be yourself and dress how you want and whatever I think that it comes down to just like the way that people are still getting to know themselves 
that they like project onto other people whereas older people they're like whatever they've like found themselves and whatever for the most part and they're just like oh this is cool you know whereas young people can be kind of like judgy about it yeah because they're probably still like insecure about themselves or they see they're like oh like I wish I could be that bold uh, you have like some of the most amazing accessories and, and <laughs> earrings that match. Yes, we're talking about What's... the avocado earrings. Yes, <laughs> yes. the avocados. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Where do you get your accessories and what are like some of your favorite pieces? Well, I have them right here, actually. <laughs> no, I, um, you know, I, there's actually a lot of almost all my earrings are Australian handmade companies. I like to support like Aussie companies. We have a lot of really, really cool creative people here, which is something yeah. a lot of people I think don't know about. Most of the stuff I wore on the show is like 100% Australian companies, handmade companies, like I really like to support that. And it's fun because you can like order custom things. It's good. But sure. Yeah, no, earrings, all all Aussie brands. I'm like friends with most of the companies, the people that own the companies now because like I buy from them so much. But I actually got these ones just the other day and they're like the best circle dangle earrings and they say they're clear and they say don't be a dick and then on the inside they have confetti in them that is like penises and it's so <laughs> funny I got sent them and I was like you are kidding me these are incredible like it's so funny but I have these grapes as well that my like the Tash the boob lady actually made for me <laughs> she's just a boob lady now but <laughs> yeah yeah they're like these huge grapes and they're covered in glitter and they're, they're super fun I'm they're my, probably my favorite right now as well I was just curious if you would ever want to start your own line or like collaborate with someone. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like the world is your oyster right now and it's time. I have one. Yeah. I actually have my own earring brand that I kind of like, I, you know, I made them very casually before the show. It was just like a hobby and, you know, I sold them at markets and whatever, but it was nothing crazy. And then the show kicked off and everyone was asking about the earrings. I mean, like you should sell them. And I was like, well, Um, now it's a little bit crazy I'm like in the middle of like trying to prep for a release and I told myself I'm like I'm not doing a release until I have a hundred pairs because it's just like they're gonna go fast too yeah yeah yeah. so it's good it's fun but it's a lot of work because like they're all like made with my hands (laughs) so it takes me a long time but no it's cool Uh, I love I would love to have my own clothing line but I don't know how to sew um (laughs) I'm like okay well I'm just gonna give up on that for now and just focus on the earrings I was gonna ask for our listeners who haven't watched the show we keep talking about the boob lady can you talk (laughs) explain that a little bit to anybody who's like who is this boob lady that they keep talking about how did it come about what does it have to do with this lovely person we have to note it was the first activity you had planned with (laughs) Steph no, well, we went to the kangaroo park before that. Oh, right. Yeah. And it's so funny because people are always like, why would she take her to that on a first date? And I'm like, well, it was the second date. Second. But, okay. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's, it's just like, it's a funny thing because people, yeah, that's the thing that people always say. That's the first thing that really stuck out. For- <laughs> yeah. No, we, we went to the kangaroo park. We did a lot of, you didn't see a lot from the, the wildlife park, actually, other than like us sitting at the table and stepping like, medicine <laughs> you know yes. like it was yes 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 <laughs> but no so on 90 day we go to a boob molding class where we plaster each other's boobs obviously not a sexual activity just something like empowering and artsy and like 
just fun, but it was not taken that way. <laughs> but the instructor, Tash, is the boob lady. She's very well known now as the boob lady from 90 Day Fiance. And we had you done this before? No. So I, okay. Yeah. So Tash, I wanted to take her to the studio because obviously if you watch the show you see the studio and it's just covered in glitter and I'm like well it's just like my brain threw up and turned into a store that would be it (laughs) so I was like I have to take Steph there like I just have to it's perfect and she does a lot of different like craft workshops she's also like very inclusive of you know the queer community because she's a part of it herself (laughs) and you know I wanted to take Steph there and uh, obviously that didn't work out too (laughs) well (laughs) but yeah we I actually originally wanted to just like bedazzle some denim jackets and then Tash kind of you know I was like oh I want to do something with Steph like what do you think this is her you know and then Tash was like oh this would be perfect for the both of you and I was like oh, yeah that'd be so fun you know and then uh did not go well <laughs> but my my intentions were were pure I swear <laughs> I could see how you would think that based off of your or her persona and yeah. a lot of things yeah it was not an inherently sexual thing but unfortunately people are just very quick to sexualize women's bodies and mm-hmm. That kind of sucks because it was just supposed to be like empowering and like, hey, let's go to this like fun, sparkly place and do something, you know, that's a little bit out of the ordinary because I mean, it's me. What do you expect? Like, it has to be kind of (laughs) weird. But yeah, sadly, it was it was very sexualized, which was not my intention at all. But it was still fun. It was still a good time. (laughs) Yeah, I want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah I get a lot of DMs being like I would have plastered boobs with the Erica and I'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> like cool I'll let you know when the borders open <laughs> yeah well I hope that now that you're you know out in the world as a queer person that the community showers you with love and we're happy to have we you. We are so happy <laughs> to have you. Yes, you're just a shining star in the community and thank you uh, so much for taking the time to dike out with us today. Uh, it's really been great chatting. Yeah, it's thank been fun. So Thanks, guys. Where can people follow you on social media? Oh, my Instagram is glitterbuggin. It's just like, yes, I wanted glitter bug, but they didn't have it. So I had to put a gin on the end. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what other social media is there? I don't really do like Facebook or anything or YouTube or anything like that. Yeah, it's mainly just Instagram. Just glitter bug in. That's my platform for everything. So great. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Everyone give Erica a follow at glitter bug in. Thanks. That was so much fun. We need more guests with accents. <laughs> right. <laughs> What a joy. It just makes everything feel so much more it was so uh, pleasant. So pleasant. You know, I love it. Hannah Gatsby turned us down, but that's fine. Yes. We got an Australian. I know. We can find other <laughs> uh queers with accents. Hannah Gatsby. Yeah, stay tuned, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love you so much. Um. <laughs> the only thing I wish about that interview is that we could have gotten a, a full tour of the closet. I would like to see every outfit she owns because they are truly so awesome. There was, did you see the picture on Instagram of her wearing you. the nerds shirt? Yes. <laughs> yes. Cause her hair is like half 
uh, hot pink, half purple, and then it's like that box of nerds with the two colors. So she has out the shirt, and it's amazing. I mean, just bringing joy to anybody who can see her. It's awesome. Let's get to our listener question. All right. I feel very alone. All of my friends are straight. I do not have the personality to just hang out at a bar alone to meet people. I'm not good at small talk. I would love to have some queer friends in my life and would love to find a partner. I don't know what to do to meet people. Dating apps feel like queers are non-existent. I live in Minnesota and there are only two queer groups on the website Meetup. I feel very alone and also feel like it is time to throw myself into the gay community where I know I belong. Well, what a great question for this episode because we talked about it a little bit with Erica, who's from Port Augusta, and there's only, what did she say, like 8,000 people or something there? I don't even you know, think it's a, a small town. Yeah, it's very yeah, small. Yeah, and she, she uh, has found this community, uh, you know, maybe not super local, but a bunch of friends uh, around that they can get together. But I think it's putting yourself out there in in different ways and keep trying. Uh, we, we get this question so much, but you mentioned, you know, there are only a couple meetup groups. Well, you can join a group that's not for, for queer people, that's large and local, and just ask and say, hey, are there queer people in here? I'm looking to form uh, a group or a meetup or something like that. Sometimes you have to take the initiative. Like I mentioned last episode, I was in a community group with people from my neighborhood, and then I started one just for the queer people from my neighborhood. And it's a really awesome way to make connections and make friends with people. Yeah, I know meetup can seem like the obvious choice um, in trying to meet new people around you, but you really, when it's such a small community of people you're trying to target, like queer people, you have to sort of get creative. And maybe if there's a show for, you know, like a local basketball league, <laughs> you could join. Uh, softball was going to be the obvious choice. I said basketball, um, but yeah, definitely sign up for softball. You don't those softball intramural leagues. You know those are more about just having a beer. Though right now it's COVID, so oh, yeah. Um, so make online friends right now. That's all the rage, right? You know that's how we're all maintaining our relationships with friends and family. So. Uh, meet people online and that way you're not as restricted and you can set up, uh, you can do a, a queer book club that you start online Yeah, and you can put it out there into larger Facebook or go to the L word generation Q group and get a thread going That's what and I was say, say. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many people in the L word generation Q and so many just subtopics, sub conversations happening. And I do see yeah. people looking for people in their area. You just have yeah. to be like really proactive, like our listener Vanessa on our Zoom yes. show. After the show ended, we had a little hangout and we unmuted and allowed video for anyone who wanted to sort of hang out after the show. And immediately Vanessa was just like, so I'm in California. Is anyone single? Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mad respect. Um, oh, speaking of single, quick aside, uh, learn that past guest Valerie Complex from our female gaze episode is single and looking to mingle. So slide into those DMs because Valerie is a 
catch. And uh, I was surprised to learn this information. And one of the things that in quarantine that she's been bummed about is not having a girlfriend. I'm like, we need to fix that. You really date Valerie. You could be going to can with her in a year. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Seriously. She's so uh, just like smart and funny and interesting and a babe. So, you know, shoot your shot. No one's good at small talk. Anyone who's worth talking to, at least, you know, (laughs) that's why it's called small talk. Literally, you could start a conversation by saying, you know, I hate small talk and you will talk about that and bond over it. Yeah, nobody nobody loves small talk. Very few people are comfortable going to a bar uh, alone. I know I to me that sounds like a, a nightmare, but when I lived in Atlanta and I didn't know a lot of queer people, uh, my ex-wife actually would go to the gay bar, one of the gay bars there by herself. And just look for that. other people who were there by themselves and made made friends and made people that at least when she went there, you know, maybe they didn't become best friends, but it was like at least people that was like, okay, now we have each other and we can make plans to go together so we don't feel so alone and awkward. And then, uh, yeah, that's, it, it, it's going to be uncomfortable yeah. sometimes. Sometimes it's okay to just directly ask people, do you want to be friends? If you meet someone and you seem to really vibe with them, just say, hey, you're really cool. Can we be friends? Yeah, so many significant friendships, relationships start that way. And, you know, Melody and I, we weren't we weren't friends. That's and true. Had her on the podcast, and afterwards, she stayed around for a little bit. We chatted, and after she left, I thought, hey... I think I'd like to be friends with her. Yeah. And here we are. I know? really, I was like, I want to be friends with Carolyn. We didn't know each other. Well, I just didn't leave your apartment and kept talking to you after we yeah. recorded. And that's how that happens. <laughs> you just <laughs> need some persistence, commitment. Yeah. Boom. So best of luck to you. And we might try... It feels overly ambitious, but, you know, so did a Pride Zoom show and we did it. So we might try to figure out if we can uh, nail the the technical aspect, um, a Zoom speed dating or speed friend making. Maybe we just call it speed friend making to make it less awkward and less, yeah, you know, less expectations. <laughs> And then because I did, I met my ex-wife on Craigslist in the strictly platonic section. So sometimes, you know, it's better if you meet people um, under the the false pretext of friendship. Right. <laughs> and then take things from there. I it's have a little seen bit. genitals in that section. <laughs> yeah. Even strictly platonic. <laughs> that That's why I, at the time, it was a different time where strictly platonic was where you went to get away from the, the genitals yeah. and uh, the women for women section. Um, but yeah, Susan Junes, if you're interested in an event like that, let us know because if there's, uh, if there's demand, then we'll try to make it happen. Yes. Best of luck to this listener in Minnesota and, you know, Minnesota Susans unite. Yeah. Start a group. Go for it. Start a group. Thank you so much, everybody, for diking out with us this week. If you have a question, you can send it to dikingout at gmail.com. Or if you have a very specific question, you can go to uh, wizio.com 
slash checking out. That's W-I-S-I-O dot com. And those are for the questions that maybe aren't best uh, for a general podcast like this. Sometimes we get real specific scenarios mm. that have us drawing diagrams <laughs> and trying to figure out backstories and everything. Uh, Wizio, we will respond with a, a, a video response. One from me, one from Melody. We mash them up together and, and send it over. And uh, we have to do so within, I think, five days of a request. Right. So if it's time sensitive, that's the way to go to reach us. If not, just dyking out at gmail.com. Remember, rate and review us. Uh, find us on Patreon and dyke out with us again next week. Be kind to one another. Bye. <laughs> I'm Fred Armisen. I play Bob in the new Realm podcast, Black Friday. And I'm Amy. I'm uh, not in the podcast, but I am here to tell you about it. What is scarier than Black Friday for retail employees? All those enthusiastic shoppers and two-for-one steak knife sets? So what if working the sales didn't just feel like hell, but there was an actual hellhole in your store and zombies attacking you and your coworkers? That's the premise for this new podcast from Realm, Black Friday, starring Emmy-nominated actor and former SNL cast member Fred Armisen. After a portal to an otherworldly hellscape is opened in the middle of their store, Mark Club employees must beat back the evil that has escaped before the store opens to Black Friday customers. This horror comedy podcast is like Evil Dead meets Office Space, and is the perfect depiction of how retail jobs can sometimes be literal hell. If this show sounds like it's up your shopping aisle, I mean, up your alley, then you know what you should do? Listen to Black Friday wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, what Fred said. And be sure to subscribe or visit realm.fm for more information.